Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for June 28th is 1 Kings chapters 20 and 21. King Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, or Aram, is a wicked, wicked person. Now, whether or not he's more wicked than King Ahab of Israel, we can't be overly sure. We're told, and we were told yesterday in our reading, that Ahab was more wicked than all the kings before him. And even if that weren't enough, he married Jezebel, who is one of the most evil and wicked people to have ever been on a throne. And of course, she was Ahab's queen over Israel. She murdered and slaughtered the prophets of God because she hated the truth. And Ahab was definitely not a righteous king, of course. But in spite of that, God sends a prophet to Ahab and says, You see this whole huge army? talking about Ben-Hadad's army. I'm handing it over to you today so that you may know that I am Yahweh. And it just reminds me that God is not a respecter of persons. He doesn't discriminate. And even the wicked people have the opportunity to repent. God gives them opportunity as well. Now, it's not like Ahab was just this person who didn't know who God was. No, he had every opportunity to see God's goodness, to know that God was the living God. And yet Ahab refused to repent. And so, because he follows in this instance, he follows the instruction. Ahab follows the instructions of the prophet. They win. Israel wins the battle. Ahab is spared. His family is spared. And the prophet even warns Ahab again that Ben-Hadad guy is coming back. He's going to come back and fight you again. And it says the second time when they lined up for the battle, the Israeli army looked like a little flock of sheep compared to the army of Aram or Aram that covered the countryside. It was like a hundred to one or something like that. It was, there was just no way without God's intervention that Israel had a chance, but God did intervene and rescued Ahab and his army again so that Ahab would know that God is Yahweh. He is the one who will be. But that's just not enough for Ahab. We read this sad story about Ahab wanting the vineyard that belonged to Naboth or Naboth. Naboth. And he goes and says, give me your vineyard. I'll, I'll buy it from you. I'll give you another. And Naboth 
didn't have to. He had the legal grounds to hold on to his family's vineyard. And I'm sure it meant a lot to him. But I also think Naboth was a little foolish, basically to tell the king, no, you're never going to get it. Because even though Ahab followed the word of Naboth and honored the law and said, okay, fine. He went home and he pouted. His wicked queen Jezebel hatched a plot to have Naboth murdered. And I think it's a warning for Christians. Too many of us often, we enter into agreements or maybe we make decisions where We have a legal right to act a certain way, but maybe it's not the best way to act. Maybe it's not the wisest way to go. I I wonder if Naboth, if he had given the king the vineyard, maybe God would have blessed him and prospered his family. But it's not like he did anything wrong. It's just he wasn't the wisest, in my opinion, and it cost him his life. And it cost him his family's legacy because when he was murdered, the king just took his land. And then what happened to his family and his lineage after him? To me, that's tragic. What if Naboth instead had said, look, I don't want to give it up, but I'm willing. Like, let's work something out. And then he took his plea to God and said, God, This is unfair. I don't want to do this. I'm doing it because I need to preserve my family line. But I'm asking you, Father, would you please intervene on my behalf? And then let God work it out instead of being rude to the king. So he'd go home and pout before his wicked wife who didn't think twice about murdering innocent people. Well, when... Naboth was murdered by Jezebel's plan and Ahab went and sat in that vineyard where he was going to make a garden and he was probably gleeful and I'm sure he knew exactly what Jezebel was doing and he did nothing to stop her and so now Ahab has the innocent blood of Naboth on his hands. And God says, you are going to pay for that. And God sends Elijah back to Ahab. And of course, Ahab's not happy to see him. He says, so my enemy, you found me, have you? And Elijah tells him, You have devoted yourself to do what's evil in Yahweh's sight. And this is what Yahweh says. I'm about to bring disaster on you and I will eradicate your descendants. You're going to be like the family of Jeroboam. There's going to be nothing left. I'm going to wipe out your slaves and your freemen. There will be nothing left of your family, Ahab. And Shockingly, Ahab repents. He he puts on sackcloth. He he mourns. 
the word of God. And it's, it is shocking that this happens. Verse 25 says, There was no one like Ahab who devoted himself to do what was evil in Yahweh's sight. He was devoted to evil. And it was because his wife Jezebel incited him. He did the most detestable acts following idols and doing all of the things that a king of Israel should not do. But when he was confronted by Elijah, he tore his clothes, he put sackcloth over his body, he fasted, he laid down, he, you, his, his energy was subdued, the Bible tells us. And so the word came back to Elijah, the word of Yahweh, and says, because Ahab has humbled himself before me, against again, this is God speaking, I'm not going to bring this disaster during his lifetime because he's humbled himself, but it's going to happen to his children. And it shows you once again, there is forgiveness. When we humble ourselves before the almighty God, he forgives our sins and he can postpone the consequences, but there are always consequences for sin. And if any family ever deserved to be completely and totally annihilated from the face of the earth, it was likely Ahab's, just as bad or worse than any other. Thank you guys for being on this journey with me. I'm grateful for you. We'll see you tomorrow.